people uh-huh yep we back another episode of the giants guys you know me with the podcast you love to hate but you know what happy august people and guess what what a better day to have on the z-man with some great info because everything happened today at camp you know spiro mr glass half full you know the mechanic jeff pilgrim and we're welcoming zach rosenblatt <laughs> what's up zach how are you man that was a great intro. I really appreciate it. <laughs> yeah, he's man, he's really he's a good hype man. And Zach, the beard is looking real strong. Wow. Yes, flush. I appreciate a good beard. <laughs> oh, thank you. I was like Joe, Joe Looney. Uh, we talked to him for the first time the other day. He's he's the only guy I've seen on the team that has he's, a bigger beard than me. Right? It's now. like this, nice. right? Yeah, it's like pretty it amazing. Is. Yeah. That guy's that guy's got a personality on him. Yeah, already, right. I'm a big fan of his already. I'm, hopefully, yep. he gets. I mean, not. I mean, if he's any good, I guess. But yeah, if he uh, <laughs> plays a nice role, he'll be a fun guy to talk to this year. But yeah, we appreciate yes, appreciate you hanging out, it's giving us some time. Uh, we've been uh, we love you know talking to the beat guys because just one is it's just cool to get that inside scoop or maybe just a a feel on how the team's developing or just in general when you're around the team all the time you get like a kind of a flavor for what's actually building in the building. So um, I'm going to give you the softball easy questions first. <laughs> um, all right. So you, you know, of course, Zach is from NJ.com. You started covering the Eagles. Now you're covering the Giants. So my first question out of the box is like, is that a hard thing to do? Like to switch gears from the Eagles to the Giants? I mean, they're both in the NFC, you know, they're rivals. And like, whether you're an Eagles fan or not, doesn't matter to me. But I'm just like, I'm just curious, like how you make that transition. Because like, it definitely can't be just another day at the office, right? Yeah, I would also say I'm not an Eagles fan. I know I oh, get accused of that by, oh, I get thank God. That by some people, but um, I covered the Eagles and I grew up in this in the area of the Eagles, but I am not an Eagles fan. I, I okay, I, I I stopped being an NFL fan pretty much when I started covering it. It's it's hard to it's hard to root for these teams once like you see how the sausage is made. Smart, it. but but uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I would say it definitely is like an adjustment just because you know you're in such a mindset of one team and you get really like into the weeds and you know like all the ins and outs and and all the stuff that happened last year, all the, you know, the day-to-day stuff, like, you know, like, like this happening, like if I joined the Giants beat next year, I maybe wouldn't have known about this kind of thing. Right. But <laughs> I, I think it's also easier to switch like in division. I think some people, you know, change beats and they go across the country and, you know, they cover a different team. Whereas, you know, I, I see the, I would see the Giants twice a year. I would, you know, you, you make fun of Dave Gettleman from afar when he makes some weird moves <laughs> or whatever. Um, fair enough <laughs> but yeah i mean it's, it's definitely interesting and, and like the fan bases are quite different and it, that's been fun just kind of learning the giants fan base and what they like and what they don't like and um yeah no i've, I've had i've really i've enjoyed you know m- moving up to north jersey and covering the giants a lot more than maybe i thought it would because it just, especially just because you know they've you know it's been a while since they've been any good but it, 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 the, the giants fans just really care about the giants and they, they just like they want them to be good again. And that's like the biggest thing. Like there, there, there's some fans that maybe are unreasonable. If you say anything bad, then they get mad at you, which I feel like is probably like that with any fan base. But I think generally giants fans are like, can we just start winning again already? Like that's the, True that. yeah. well, I can relate. I can relate to your story and I won't bore you with it, but for 10 years, these guys probably won't get it, but you will for 10 years. I worked for 610 WIP. Oh, nice. Yeah. So, you know, working there with, with Cataldi and Eskin and all those guys and, you know, and, and like, it was like, you know, being the giant fan, like ship out of water, you know, or fish out of water, but, you know, that's where, you know, my wife grew up. That's where we moved to, you know, I was, I was in broadcasting. So that's, you know, where I, I, I kind of cut my teeth a long time ago. And people used to say like, how do you live here and be a giants fan? I said, one, you don't pick your parents. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> you know? And I was like, and two, I was like, and I don't abandon the teams I grew up with just because I live here, you know? Yeah, yeah. I, I, had, a, I had a bunch of fan, I have a bunch of friends from back home who are uh, who are Giants fans, which they, they've been happy that I switched over to the Giants. <laughs> Zach, how did you avoid becoming an Eagles fan if you grew up there? I mean, I was, I, I was, when I was younger, I was an Eagles fan, like for sure. Gotcha, like, uh, gotcha. Okay, um, okay. But like what, what, what Giants fans don't seem to understand, they think when I'm negative about the Giants because I'm an Eagles fan, what they don't realize is that when I was covering the Eagles, Eagles fans hated me because I was negative. <laughs> like, me being negative about like 
me being negative. I, if a team's bad, then I'm going to say they're bad. Like, right. And if maybe, maybe sometimes I'm too harsh about things and, you know, and I can, I can admit that if people point stuff out or whatever, but yeah, I mean, it, my growing up following Eagles has nothing to do with how I cover the giants. And I think it's ridiculous to say otherwise. Yeah. No, I, I appreciate that take too, because it like, again, like from the outside, you would never really, you're too emotional or you're too, you're too connected to it to be like, no, no, no. He separates the two, but it is a job. Yeah. And I, I would assume after a while, like I, I'll, I tell the story all the time. Being at, and, and guys, just so you know, 610 is the WFAN of Philadelphia. Um, gotcha. So over the years, I got like so good friends with the players. Like, like I was, so there were two draft picks, first round, second round, Sheldon Brown, Lito Shepard. Okay. Like I became such good friends with, with, with those two guys. Like, like I went to the hospital when Jenny Brown had their baby, you know what I mean? Like, like I became friends with the players. I still wasn't an Eagles fan, but you, you got a different perspective on the team because I got friendly with the players, you know, uh, Quentin Michael and Stuart Bradley and some of these guys I gotten friendly with over the years. So I'm glad you said that Zach. And I appreciate the, the, uh, the take because I'm sure a lot of, you know, people who watch the show and, and, uh, and the podcast would want to hear that. <laughs> well, and beat writers always take the, take a beating, you know, the, the, so to speak. <laughs> like, I, I don't mind it. Honestly. It cracks yeah. me up. Like there's one thing I, I'll get, funny angry it doesn't even necessarily have to do with like my origins like in the eagles country but like i'll get funny emails of angry giants fans for something i wrote all the time and i'll like post screenshots of them to like my instagram stories <laughs> nice I, well, I, Zach, I, we're... I love, yeah, fans are passionate i love it so oh yeah I don't mind it. like like the thing, I'm, all, I'm always just focused on like, like I, if i could i would just only write like profiles and features because i just like telling like stories about these guys and i think that's what i what i'm best at like but sometimes i have to cover the team like a normal b writer as well so and when they're not winning, I'll say they're not winning. When they're when they, you know when they're one and seven, I'm going to say they stink, which they have they, been every year. And then when they win, <laughs> then when they win three, four games in a row, whatever it was last year, and then you then you start saying, oh, maybe they're not that bad. So. Right, right. Well, that, that, that that's a great segue. So, uh, you've been covering the Giants now for what two seasons, right? Was, this is my second season. Yeah. All right. What's the difference or the main difference on covering Joe Judge's team last year versus covering Joe Judge's team this year? Yeah, I think the biggest difference is we had no idea what to expect. And then when Joe comes out and he does all the Joe Judge stuff that like, you know, it's, you know, if you just sit down and think about it, it's maybe not as crazy yet as it was made out, made out to be. But like it was it was different compared to what everybody was used to, you like, you know, with the training camp methods and the way he talked to the media and stuff like that. But that once you get used to like, you know, how he goes about his business and I don't know, there's kind of like everybody kind of understands what's going on now, like even on the beat, I think you just get. What Joe, where Joe Judge is coming from, you kind of appreciate that, you know, he doesn't, he, he had the Bill Belichick, you know, he's the Bill Belichick clone coming in. But when you, if you watch the press conferences, as I'm sure you guys do, like he answers every question. He might like, you know, not want to, he might like avoid directly answering something, but he's always is like willing to like take a question. He's not like saying no or yes or one word answers. And yeah, he's and not, it, he's not robotic. Yeah. And, and so I, like, I, I appreciate that. Like, like just specifically about Joe judge, like they're the biggest difference. Like you just kind of like appreciate the guy, like he has a plan, like everything he does has a purpose, whether it works out, I think it's still for too early for anybody to know. I, I think maybe the hype train has gotten a little out of control in terms of the fans who just love him so much <laughs> on the flip side. I think all the national people are so negative on them, got him out of control. It's probably somewhere in the middle there, but right. Um, yeah. And, and I don't know. It's just, it's just very interesting covering them going into this year. I mean, you see a lot, I mean, today was weird, but uh, with the brawl and all that, um, <laughs> But uh, I, I think there's definitely a different energy coming into this year with this team. I think they're, they know the expectations are there. seems like a lot of those guys really like each other and they're having a lot of fun. Um, and last year, I think there was a lot of – because, you know, they didn't have the OTAs in the minicamp last year. So everybody's exposure in training camp was their first exposure really to Joe Judge's coaching. Sure. And he's a unique kind of coach. So, you know, when you get sent on laps for the first time and, you know, St Sterling Shepard staying stuff like I haven't done laps since, like, elementary school or whatever. Mm -hmm. Right. Like that, that all was eye opening. But I think these guys, now that they know what they, the coaches expect, I think it's definitely smoother and there's less issue, except for when guys like Kelvin Benjamin or, <laughs> or whatever. But. Have you seen a, a difference in his confidence level? Like, uh, or like, you know, is it, does he, is he more confident as a coach? You see him walking around with a different aura year two, or is it same guy, you know, and, you know, it, I, I, think it's, I think he's legitimately been the same guy since day one. Okay. Like, that, that's a unique thing about him. Like, he, he he's is who he is and he's always going to be that way like he's right. not going to change who he is for anybody um, respect that 
And yeah, it's interesting. I mean, again, like, you know, his methods, like if, if the giants are winning, then everybody's going to love him. And if they're not, then you maybe start seeing guys turn on him. But um, right now it seems like everybody's in the positive direction. So how is he with the press? Like I, when I watch him, you know, it seems like he, you know, he call, he talks to you by your first name, you know, he'll be like, Hey, Hey Tom, how you doing? Or Hey Jordan. Like he seems like he's slightly personable with you guys. Do you guys get that vibe too? Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, sometimes more than others, but yeah, he's, uh, he's definitely, I, I think, you know, early on he had the whole thing where he wouldn't even say Daniel Jones's name and mm-hmm. you know, we made a whole thing about it. And I, th- I think he probably realized he what that was, he was doing that a little, like going a little over the top with it. Like, I think he was self-aware and like, eventually he started talking about Daniel Jones. Right. Um, uh, like, I, I think he had to learn, like, you know, this is his first time being a head coach, being New York media, it's different than what, what he was used to and, and all that. But yeah, you know, he's uh especially when you get to talk to him one-on-one, I think Joe's, he's, he's good at, at shooting the breeze and, um, you know, he, he's, he can talk about other things and, um, yeah, I mean, I appreciated my interactions with him. You know, some coaches, you know, they, they view the media as the enemy. I don't think he views us as the enemy. So the biggest difference seems to be the leaders of the team and how they react to him and talk about him. That's at least from the outside that that seems like a huge difference from year one to year two, you know, in the beginning, you're not sure who the leaders are. Everyone's getting used to him. And now, now you got Logan Ryan, Blake Martinez, Daniel Jones, like, Anytime they're asked about them, they love them. And it's just respect. And it's like, we're building something here. And I feel like that will change the locker room when the leaders of the team are, yeah, at least no. they seem to have be, all be on the I same mean, page. I mean, you, you, saw, you saw it with the reaction to the Calvin Benjamin stuff. You know, James Bradbury was like, you know, it's not for everybody. You know yep. what I mean? You know, like he said it with such like a funny attitude, but uh, a perfect you know, attitude. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Like he, he was hearing him say it was great because he's like, you know what I mean? Uh, not everybody. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> yeah. I mean, then you have guys like Evan Ingram saying like, I'd go to war for that guy. And, right. You know, I, I think, you know, I'm sure there are guys in the locker room that don't love Joe Judge. They're not going to talk about it while they're on the team because then they'll get cut or whatever. Yep. Instantly um, cut. But yeah, I, the, I think he, he definitely, I think they definitely appreciate that he's a straight shooter. I think he's, he's better at like the interpersonal stuff than I think people give him credit for. Yeah, right. Um, and I think Logan Ryan in particular is somebody who would tell you that. I mean, even like a guy like Derek Dillon, who nobody knows, like, I think it was, he was on the uh, practice squad last year and his uh, girlfriend or wife had a, had a baby and Joe judge let him leave for the week to attend to it. And right. you know, a practice squad guy, they in theory could have just not paid him for the week, but they, they did. I, th- I believe they let, they still paid him the salary for the week. So like That's cool. stuff like that, like, you don't know, like a football guy, you know, you never know with guys like that. You'd be like, nope, you're, you leave, you leave the facility, you're off the team or whatever, you know, but I don't, I think Joe deserves more credit than that. That's what I hate. Everybody seems in the national media to be, to be painting him with the same brush as all the other Belichick disciples. And he's not that, you know, he's, he's a different, he's his own guy. He take, you could take some of these things from Saban and, you know, yeah. Belichick, but you don't have to be the same clone. And it, it seems like judge gets that. I think he might be closer to like a Saban personality than Belichick. Right. Right. Really want to like, I mean, especially if you look at the way he's constructed his staff, it's all guys from Alabama. Um, right. But yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm sure there's maybe there's some merit and, you know, former, former players can speak better to like how they feel about it. So maybe sometimes when the, the players are speaking on like, I can't believe you did that kind of thing. Like, I don't know, maybe that there's some merit in that, but uh, until they like, if, if they, if they're worse this year, if they get less than six mm-hmm. wins, or they only get six wins again, then you can start questioning. But I think it, it was just so early, and it's still – I mean, coaches deserve more of it. Like, the Giants have fired coaches after two years. I think the last two, nobody argued with those decisions. Mm-hmm. I think Joe Judge clearly deserves more than two years, unless this year is, like, complete mess. I love the Great. fact that – I love the fact that he seems to care about what the fans want. He's, he's on numerous occasions says, we want to put a product on the field that you'll love that you'll be proud of. I've heard him say it like five times now. Like we're trying to put a product on the field that the fans are proud of. And that, you know, we're going to punch these guys in the mouth for 60 straight minutes. And you're going to know how tough we are. And you're going to support us and love us. And you're going to be proud of, of your football team. Like sounds really legit. Like, like he wants to be able to bring the giants back like Coughlin did. You know what I mean? And I feel he, he, you know, he can pull that off. It just, it does like you were mentioning, like he, he seems to care. He probably has that more interpersonal connection with players doesn't get a lot of credit for it. You could see like Logan Ryan, even like the the Julian Love thing. That yeah, came I was, out I was about weeks. to say if you want an example of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it really it, seems he's got a yeah. great relationship. These guys when when they're like in national press conferences and they're busting each other's balls, like you don't normally do that if you don't yeah. have a really good relationship with the yeah. coach. Well, and it's like I think last year Evan Ingram won a bet with him when Mississippi yeah. played. Yeah. 
State. And like, I, I, you're not going to see Bill Belichick wearing like the, you know, the coach, the like some other college's gear or whatever. So yeah, there's I there's clearly there's more like, to at, judge. At the, very, at the very least, the Belichick comparison needs to die. Like you can criticize Judge for whatever his like old school football thing or whatever that you know maybe isn't as popular these days, but. Um, yeah, he's, he's not Belichick, I think. There's only one Belichick, and, like, the way he yeah. handles the press, no one else can get away with that. Yeah, like, and that's McAdoo, guys, like Patric- that guys like Patricia who are trying to be that, like, failed miserably. And McAdoo was a fake Belichick, too. He tried to be all <laughs> smug in interviews and stuff like that, and nobody fought for him when he got fired, I'll tell you that much. All right, let me let me ask you this one. Let's, let's talk about some, some camp battles because, uh, you know, we do this show every week. We've been doing this show for quite some time, and, you know, you run out of things to talk to when it's quiet. It's not quiet anymore, right? So, oh, sir. We we one we're we're pro Gettleman here for most for the most part, uh, and because we're trying to be supportive of, of of everything they do. You know, like we're not a very negative group. I mean, I I can get on a player or two, but most of my guys are are pretty like look, uh, Spiro's handle is glass half full. I mean, like he's missing, <laughs> it's a dead giveaway. He is, yeah, he's literally missing glass like half full. So you know, um. I want to kind of chew a little bit on these position battles. Like what's, what do you, what's your thoughts or what are you seeing out of, is it the O-line, the wide receivers or the DBs? Like they all have some major battles. And in fact, I'll even go as far as like, you know, I don't know if you see teams that have this much competition in camp. You might have like, okay, there's a, there's a wide receiver duel. You know what I mean? There's a, there's going to be a, a competition at middle linebacker. We've got a whole unit of DBs a whole unit of offensive linemen and a whole unit of wide receivers that are competing like, like hardcore. What, what, what are you seeing at M3 groups? Like who realistically is, is every day someone has a chance of losing a job or winning the job for that matter. It's, and you know, the thing is like, they, they've had, they have like a large, a lot of guys are coming back, but they've had so many guys that were injured at the start of camp that like mm-hmm. some of it's been hard to like, evaluate especially on defense like linebacker and stuff like outside linebacker that like pretty much everybody's been out on that group yeah um but you know what one one position that i think has been fun to watch is kind of interesting and it's easier to watch even before pads was like i mean it's not as important i guess but like the wide receiver four wide receiver five like group of guys there's yeah. like a bunch of guys in that group i mean tony hasn't practiced which has opened up a lot of reps came back uh today a little bit but you know guys like john ross cj board Pettis, sills like those four guys are battling and they've all had their days. I don't think Dante Pettis has had as good of a camp as I thought. I was kind of, I was higher on him because yeah. I thought he showed a little something. He, he ended the year on a high note, no doubt. Um, I don't think he's looked great in practice, but I mean, CJ Board, I think, has really uh, impressed me. He had a pretty good camp last year, too, actually. Sills has been very good. I think Ross has been better than I expected. Me, too. Um, yeah. So, so I, I mean, Ross has a good chance of making the team just because he has that one million guaranteed, which helps his case, obviously. So if they keep six receivers, you know, you wonder if it's going to be Sills or a CJ Board or a Pettis, and the ability to play on special teams will help any of those guys. Um, I would say, as of now, I'd say Board is probably the lead out of that. Like, I, I know Sills has looked really good and he has the size, but um, Board does he offer anything in special teams, Sills? Like, because that's what we were yeah, that, that's the arguing. Yeah, that's the question. Yeah. I, don't know if, I don't know if he does. Yeah, um, I think Board does play a bit on that. That's why they like right. him last year, too. And we interviewed, we interviewed Bachman. Is he doing anything? He, he makes he makes he's like a fun like he's always like a, a training camp guy i don't know if he's mm-hmm. a like roster guy i think he's a practice squad guy um i think that he's really well liked in there he i can't help really but root hard. for the guy so, i don't think yeah, he's gonna so make the team but we love him and he was i mean he told us some great great stories and, and i'll even share it with you because they're, they're they're just almost unrealistic so you know he he goes to the rams because it's in his backyard right and they, and he like makes it to the last cut and he pulls his groin so he has to get um, surgery, right? So he's out and he's looking to get picked up after surgery. His, um, his friend was in Manhattan as the bachelor. His friend is the bachelor, right? <laughs> so he gets a call from the giants. And I guess, I don't know if he was on social media or it made its way around, whether it was on so like Instagram or whatever, that he got a tryout with the giants. So as he was coming to New York, his old friend calls him and goes, hey, I'm going to be filming The Bachelor. My, my apartment's open. Why don't oh, you wow. stay there? So the, kid, <laughs> so the kid's living in Manhattan at whatever, whatever Bachelor it was over the last two years, right? But he doesn't have a car. So he's taking a subway to the train to like an Uber or a bus to get to the stadium. Oh, he's, wow. Yeah, and he's, get, and he's getting in in the morning. 
in the stadium at like, what did he say, guys? 530? Yeah, something ridiculous. It was, it was him and Eli. Yeah. yeah, and he said, he was like, Eli would be like right there with him. And then at nighttime, you know, he would wait till the traffic died down because he had to take a train to the subway, you know, to an Uber or whatever on the way back. And he said he ate breakfast and he ate dinner every day Gotta with hustle. Eli and Daniel Jones. Oh. So we, we just like took a real like liking to the kid. And we were like, I, I know he's not a star. Yeah, I yeah. just, I can't put my finger on like, like what would make him make this team? It was like, we he's, just want to see. The, he's one of those guys that'll always just stick around. And, mm-hmm. you know, I, you know, he had a, he had a cup of coffee with the active roster last year. Like they keep him on the practice squad. As guys get hurt, he gets a chance. Maybe he makes some plays or something. But yeah, he's a he, he's a hard worker. You can see that out there. He's like, like, couldn't he be Julian Edelman? I mean, maybe that's aiming like that's best case scenario, obviously. Right. <laughs> um, uh, but yeah, I don't know. The thing is, they just have so many receivers that it, it's tough. It's not a great time for him to like be fighting because at yeah. best he's going to be their sixth receiver. So, um, sure. but yeah, I mean, he he definitely he he makes plays in training camp when he gets the opportunity. Problem is, a lot of times he's playing with like Clayton Thorson or whatever. So yeah. Um, what yeah. about the what are you seeing out of this O-line competition now? Because me and Spiro had a, a, a very colorful uh conversation this week. I thought that the Giants went into camp like leaning on Lemieux as the starter, and then he got hurt and they panicked. And next thing you know, they're they're dialing up offensive linemen like crazy. Am I nuts or is it just coincidence that they're dialing up offensive line the day Lemieux gets hurt? Uh I, don't, I they probably I think they might have been looking for depth on the interior anyway to be honest especially because you know Jonathan Harrison was also hurt he came back I don't know how much they trust Zach Fulton because he wasn't really like you know when when Lemieux went down he wasn't the guy that went in Kenny Wiggins was which yeah. I don't think they expected um, and so I don't think that bodes very well for Fulton who doesn't seem like his I think they probably view him as just a right guard um, yeah so and, and then you know then they bring in a guy in Joe Looney who I think can play center and guard. Um, I think Harrison in theory could play both. I, yeah, I don't know. It's gonna be it's gonna be interesting to see because it's not like Lemieux like was you know blowing any doors down uh, last right. year. Like, I mean he's he was a you know fifth round pick. You have to temper your expectations, but um, it's gonna be interesting. You know, they, I don't think they think he's gonna be out that long. So when he comes back, you know, in theory he's the guy. I mean, Will Hernandez is a question at right guard still for sure. So I, the interior is definitely a big question mark, and you kind of wonder how that's gonna look. I mean, I think they're willing to move. They're legitimately willing to move Nick Gates to guard if they. Really they feel are. Like if if the best five, that. if they feel like the I don't think they will necessarily, but if they think the best five includes him at right guard or whatever, and they put Joe Looney at center, then they'll do it. Okay. Um, Does he rotate in there? About having three centers in three years and and like just starting the whole fumble thing all that, over that's again. That's the thing. Yeah. I, I I wouldn't do it personally, but like Joe Judge brought that up without us bringing it up. So right. I mean, if Joe Judge is doing that, then in theory that's a that's a right. thing. But so, uh, it's yeah. on the table. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then, uh, you know, I mean, Andrew Thomas is pretty locked in a left tackle. I think Matt Pert just got back. I think he looked pretty good for the first couple of days. He looks bigger. I think he bulked up. Yeah. Um, and he's got great size and athleticism. Like there's potential there. I, Nate Solder has filled in a bunch for him. I, I don't, ideally you don't play Nate, Nate Solder this year, but if you have to, I think they probably trust him, I guess. I don't know. Right. All right. Well, you're around a facility on a regular basis, right? You're there pretty much every day now. Yeah. Yeah. For camp. Yeah. So, if you're there every day, how do you, how are you choosing like what's newsworthy? Cause you know, the fans love like those, those nuggets, you know what I mean? Like they, like, you know, you see something in the hallway or the training room that you don't get like, how do you, how do you pick? Cause we started the show off and you said like, sometimes you got to cover the team that you really like writing the features cause you're good at it and it's your forte, but you just got to cover the team. Like that's, that's your gig. That's your job. And you're good at that too. How do you like pick like what's actually newsworthy or what's not? Um, well, so with COVID, we're not like really actually like I would say in the facility and these days we're just like watching practice and then we have the media room or whatever. Um, cheers. Um, yeah, but I, don't, I mean, like some days it just it just hits you in the face with the news. Like, I mean, when they had the brawl and Kenny Galladay and we got to talk about that. Yeah, we, we <laughs> whatever. Yeah, but like like days like that, it's really easy. I mean, the thing is, like you know for the first like five days of camp, the, the setup this year is like so weird. Just to, so maybe this is too inside baseball, but like the media viewing is like, we have this one little area we can watch. And then, so they have the two fields and they're like pretty far away anyway. And then, you know, during the first week, a lot of the time they were spent like facing the other way, doing red zone drills with like half the team blocking our view. So right. like, it, was, it was very hard to like, no really get your job. <laughs> so, so, I mean, so in the, in those cases, you, I mean, everybody wants to read about the quarterback. Everybody wants to read about Galladay. So you try to focus on those guys and, and how they look and, 
and and so you know that's what you go with i mean a lot of times it's just you kind of get a feel for it in the moment you know it, it during uh when, when they start really scrimmaging and you know the team drills really pick up um you'd look for the standouts guys who are coming out of nowhere if there's like a big hit or you know stuff like that like tr training camp it's a lot of just like you don't know what each day is going to bring kind of thing um and you can cut you, you have to plan a little bit because we got to request like who we're going to interview and stuff like that um but yeah i mean it, with in terms of like just practices and, and covering the team day to day, a lot of it's just like you know, paying as much attention as you can. You know, turning your focus, paying attention to the quarterback, how he's looking. That's number one priority a lot of the times. Um, and then just like you know, trying to notice uh, quirky things that are happening and things like that. Always on the field, or is there stuff like in in, in the facility? Because you're not like you said, you're not really in the facility. Like, is there anything yeah. like where so that, you're so that that part's that part's hard now? I mean, a lot, a lot of it's you know either having conversations with people that. You're, you're cool with and um stuff like that but yeah so right. that part like the fact that we're not in the locker room ever is is a little makes our jobs a little bit tougher but this year's been better than last year at least since we're not always on zoom is that who's your who's your favorite member of the giants like who's was, like who's the guy you love to talk to you read my mind interview <laughs> that's a good question um hmm. i like talk i mean i like talking to blake martinez he's got a good personality um, I, I, and Leonard Williams, he's not as good at like when he's uh, in the podium, but when you talk to Leonard one-on-one, -on -one, yeah, he's really like laid back. Like I did a story on him last year um, about how he, he's in, I'm sure you guys have seen his deep sea sphere. Uh, yeah, he's, he's the awesome. tuna, the heart and of I, the I, tuna. I about, and I just wrote about that last year. Once you start talking about stuff like that, like he'll talk about that forever. And he, right. he's just really like laid back cool guy um i'm trying to think who are some of the other guys i really like wait okay flip it upside down is there someone you don't like to talk to oh <laughs> uh, we probably not that he's willing now. to say all yeah. right no okay no, no. i don't want to put you on a spot my bad i can i can tell you who my least favorite was when i covered the eagles that's yes. fine yes. that was anderson Deho, super random he was like a, interesting a I don't know you know who that guy is he just I, i'm not gonna curse on here but <laughs> go ahead <laughs> oh this <laughs> is open open forum <laughs> i i just he was just <laughs> a dick a, a d-bag yeah, fair, fair. <laughs> i mean it, you don't have to talk to us that's fine but like he was just like he was like offended that we would even like talk even try nah. was for a guy like, he's not even like a yeah, i'm not gonna say that right anyway, right you're not, he, he my, I, we feel you all right attitude in the giants locker room so they evidently seem to like you guys <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean some there's some guys on the giants that are like not amazing interviews which i don't like hold it against them because some guys it's just not their forte i mean right. Standing in front of a bunch of people, he's shouting questions at you. I, I imagine is intimidating <laughs> sometimes. So, I get it. Yeah, Blake seems like a guy with a good personality, no doubt. Well yeah, spoken, too. And it's funny because I so I used to I used to live in Arizona. I went to school at the University of Arizona, um, and I and I worked out there for a while. And, and Blake Martinez is from Tucson, so when he when he when he came here, I uh, like I knew people that he was cool with and stuff like that. So it was kind of cool seeing it. Because I've 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 known who he was since he was in high school and. And, nice. and the local and University of Arizona wouldn't even recruit him. Like, I remember that stuff. So, yeah, that's wild. You know, like pan out the way he did. And especially because I think a lot of people doubted him when the Giants signed him even. So well, Big time. <laughs> yeah. a, I'd say a lot of the fan base did. We were, yeah. we were big Blake guys. We loved yeah, it. I this was, room, though. Well, I think I was, the questions were all about like his coverage and all. And if, oh, whether, oh, Zach, like, I've been, I've been battling anything. that since the day he inked the deal. I keep telling people, I'm like, I don't even care. He's a tackling machine that the guy has. If the guy's a top three tackler, that's what we're bringing him here for because we can't stop the run. We're the 29th ranked team against the run. Let the guy just do his job. Actually, I just thought of someone who I think is my new favorite, one of the new guys, um, Ifadi uh, Odenigbo. Oh, nice. Oh, yeah. Okay. I, okay. I, I, so I, I talked to him uh, after they signed him because I saw that he was like, he was technically born in Jersey City, actually, because his, his oh, nice. mom was like, his mom moved from Kenya to become a doctor, and she was living in Jersey City during, like, the crack pandemic. Oh, I, wow. I remember um, that. Yeah, yeah, it was a, a great story. And then I talked to him, he, and he's just, like, this loud, like, fun, boisterous person. I don't think anybody's really interviewed him at in training camp. I've been meaning to. But he's he's just, I think when when he finally does talk to the press and, and the fancy, like, video of him, he's just, like, really fun. And he's a very interesting guy. Like, he, I don't know if you guys, if you follow him on Instagram, he's always posting videos of, like, his plants that he has in his like backyard. <laughs> all that Not what you would expect. Just like a really fun, honest guy. Like I, I, I've, I've one of my, the most fun, like one-on-one -on -one interviews I've had. Nice. Like, where where do they have him lined up by the way? Are they, are they playing him? He's been coming off the edge. I think the, okay. the idea with him is he's going to be just like a passing pass rushing specialist exclusively. Gotcha. So we haven't really seen him run with the first team at all, even with the injured guys, which I was surprised right. about, but 
like um, a third yeah, down, third long situational really, kind of guy. Yeah, was he with the Vikings? He only played as a down lineman, so this is right. a different position for him. That'll be interesting. Did they got him standing up? Yeah, they have him standing up as like an, as an edge, as an outside linebacker and stuff. I'm sure he'll play down some too, but yeah, I'm, I'm very interested to see how much he plays and how they utilize him and stuff. Agreed. Yeah, we're we're excited for Ojolari, you know, to see if 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 he could be the real deal because he's just got so much potential coming out of college it's almost like they got a fir- two first round picks you know because he was kind of positioned to go in the first round so um i hope he uh you know he really could turn it on too i don't know what side he's playing on but uh, have you had a chance to chat with him yet or no uh he he, he was like a podium guy the other day he's not a big talker yet i would say um seems like a nice kid but yeah i mean he's got a lot of first team reps which i don't know if they usually do with rookies but he right. i mean it's kind of been forced out because all the injuries and stuff and Lorenzo being out, I don't know, Shane and Ellerson Smith has heard, and um, right. Ryan Anderson hasn't basically practiced with this team yet. R- Raglan has not put on a uniform. Right. Raglan, I mean, Raglan, I'm, I'm, if I were to do a 53 man roster tomorrow, I would he's, not have much. He's cutting, yeah, I know. Especially with Carter Coughlin, I think, has been one of the surprises of camp. So I like that. You know, I like, like that too. I did read a, a read uh, something on him this week, and he was just saying, yeah, I, I, like, I wrote about him today, actually. Yeah. Okay. Nice. So I was gonna say I I I didn't want to overstep. I thought it was you. I think I yeah, read yeah. it because no, he's he's another great interview. Actually, he's like really he's refreshingly like honest and because the interesting thing he said, which you know I didn't really think about, you know, because he's like his like I was talking about earlier, like his first exposure to this coaching staff was basically when he walked in for training camp because there's he's like there's there's no rookie minicamp where they're yelling at you for three days. <laughs> like five, so he walks in and. You know they're yelling at him at the top of their lungs. He's like, "Are they gonna cut me?" Like, am I, <laughs> yeah. he's like, "Why are they so kid. angry?" <laughs> and he was saying he had trouble like grasping the defense because they were kind of thrown into the fire. And they kind of they tried moving him to inside linebacker at first, and then everybody got hurt, so they moved him to the outside. And it was just like cool hearing a guy in a second year like he, he was just like saying like all this stuff. But now he's very confident. You know, he he knew he was gonna be inside linebacker all off season. He was picking Blake Martinez's brain. Um, and then he, he's come out and he's been one of the standouts. I mean, he got a lot of first team reps for when Blake was out. Um, and I, I'm, I'm interested, I mean, he's, he's a guy, it's funny, their draft last year, like, you know, you look at Tay Crowder's like a locked in starter and, mm-hmm. and nobody even questions him. He was Mr. Irrelevant last year. And yep, Carter, Coffin, you know, yeah, Cam Brown, Cam <laughs> Lee, theory. Uh, yeah. I don't know about what Cam Brown, I don't know how, how, how I don't know what he, if he's ever going to be anything for them or not, but. Um, yeah, the, the last year's draft is just looking pretty good in retrospect, I would say. And I did read that now that you're saying, because now it's all ringing the bell. Um, I thought it was cool like, what he's saying, like, you know, he from the outside, it was like, all right, I just need to set the line of scrimmage and yeah. maybe drop in. And then he's like, they move him to the inside. He's like, I got to know way too much. I'm a, I'm a, <laughs> he was saying how overwhelmed he and was. It, and it was a great way of like dumbing it down and like explaining it simply, like the difference between outside and inside. Because in, like if for to like, just a common fan you think they're linebackers they're all the same kind of thing right there's a especially in a three four or whatever they run because they change it all the time um the inside and the outside couldn't be like more different for sure so it is interesting hearing that it it was cool to say how stressed he was i think that was the word he used he's like he's like i was totally stressed he's like i'm in the middle he's like and i have to know what what the what the (laughs) linebacker the the uh, the down linemen are doing he's like in the secondary and yeah secondary's doing he's like and i don't know any of that i was that was kudos to you, man, because that was pretty cool. He was so refreshingly honest that I was like, it almost was like set up because I was like, how was he just like giving you this information? Because, you know, normally they don't want to look bad, right? Yeah, Nobody, yeah. And he was like willingly to tell you he had yeah. no idea what was and, going and it, on. And, it, and it, was only, it wasn't like we were digging for that kind of stuff. It was like, right. it, was just, it was just me and Jordan Renan were uh, talking to him. Um, <laughs> and uh, I mean, it was just questions like, you know, what what's like, biggest challenge moving positions like you know what was last year like coming to camp after you know as a rookie joe judges you need coaching blah 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 and he's just like throwing all these these haymakers to us it was awesome <laughs> yeah i like he said it like six times i thought i was getting cut <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and you're talking right, so about last year's last year's draft class without even you know we have those three offensive linemen that could potentially be starting this year yeah, Darn, darnay holmes got a ton of right. meaningful snaps last uh, year it could be it could go down as a huge good. draft class Pilgrim, I thought of you today watching some video Thanks, um, of, of Sterling Shepard just smoking Holmes. I know he looks good, dude. I know Shep looks I know good. Holmes yeah. is your yeah, boy. I, I know that it was during one-on-ones. I know yeah. exactly. Shepard dude, yeah. dude. <laughs> Holmes couldn't touch him. <laughs> yeah, I mean, to be fair, like Shepard, I mean, especially in those drills, I feel like 
it's probably built towards the receiver having the for edge. Sure. Anyway, <laughs> but, um, I mean, Shepard, he, and I, I, I know he looks great in training camp every year. So I, you have to, I guess you have to take right. it. Stay right. healthy. He just looks faster than everybody out there. Right. He didn't drop anything. He's. It must be the number three. So I mean, he, <laughs> he, he stays healthy, and I'm sure. I mean, I'm, I know I'm fairly new to the Giants beat, but if he stays healthy, you think he has a big year. But I mean, he never right. stays healthy. So. Yeah, well, not to get into the weeds on him, like, like even if he has a great year, like for him to stay, how much money he's getting paid, they're gonna have yeah, to add another yeah. another year onto his contract and restructure because yeah, right restructure, now, yeah, because yeah, listen, I, I'm a huge fan. I love those underdog guys. I've said, listen, we've all had our issues with Beckham, but Beckham taught Shepard how to run routes the way he runs routes. And he's the best route runner. He's the best downfield blocker on the team. And, and again, and he moves the chains when Jones is in trouble, Shepard bails him out. So if he stays healthy and has a good year. I hope they go out of their way to figure out how to add an extra year onto his contract and defer that money. Cause Right now, his money's an issue next year, no doubt yeah, well, about it. Well, and they, when they have they, their cap situation is tough next year, and it's got to mm-hmm. got to get that money somewhere. So, and I mean, and he's going to be back in the slot this year, by the way, too. So, like, yeah, I mean, that Golden Tate signing makes even less sense the more you like think think about it in retrospect. Like, you so you're taking him, who's a slot receiver, moving Shepard out of where he's at his best, which is in the slot. Um, I think he's relative. He did. I mean, he did. He still played okay last year when he was healthy. Um, but yeah, I think the slot is. If you look at the numbers. He, even no always sense. among the leaders in receiving yards in the slot. So, right. I mean, if, Gall- if Galladay gets healthy and you have Slayton or Tony on the other side or whatever, like that, it's just an ideal setup for the be- probably the best setup Shepard has had since he came to this team. Especially when you have Kyle Rudolph and, and uh, Engram. So if it's 12 personnel, you think it's Galladay and Shepard out there with the two tight ends. So it, it's Shepard's probably really looking forward to this year. Cause I think a lot of people outside of here have forgotten about him. So. Well, let's Agreed. talk about the the uh, the two eight uh, hundred pound girls in the room. Yeah, Jones, he takes he takes so much crap from the national media. It just it it burns and me. local. So like, yeah, it's it's <laughs> and really hard to to listen to people just roll on him for everything the kid does. I mean, they just you know it's regardless if you like him, you don't like him. Like the, he's a punching bag at the national media. It's really really disheartening was kind of like leaning on you to like do you like him and if you don't that's cool i just was like do you like him um does he seem comfortable as the leader or do you see him as a leader um is he starting to take a little bit of the reins because today he was talking about getting in the scrum and and he wanted to be in there with his teammates and i was like as much as i don't want him getting hurt i was like yeah all right cool you go dj so we picked a good day to talk to you about him too yeah, I think. <laughs> give us some jones yeah i mean i in terms of like him, yeah, I definitely. I mean, he's a good kid. I, I mean, I have no problems with Daniel Jones. He's maybe like a boring interview, but like that's not a whatever. Like it. So is Eli. Know. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and that, that's the thing. I think in terms of like the leader part, I think he is more of the Eli type, where he probably is most comfortable as like a lead by example type. And I think this offseason, I think he's trying to be more than that. I, I, I don't know. I, I think it, a lot of guys are like pressured, especially as quarterbacks, which I get to like be someone they're not. And sometimes like there's some quarterbacks who are just better off you know, maybe their, their best role is as a guy who just kind of does his job and let somebody else be the leader on offense or whatever. Like the problem is they don't have that because it's such a young team. And Barkley's hurt. Yeah. And Saquon is hurt. And in theory, Saquon has a personality for that, but he's also a running back. Um, So I don't know. It's like that, that part of it is, it's going to be interesting to see how it plays out this year. Cause Jones, you know, they have a lot of weapons. He has to feed all those mouths. I think everybody, everybody likes Daniel Jones. I don't think there's anybody on the team or that's, that's been on the team, even Kelvin Benjamin on his way out when I talked to him, sorry to bring him up, but like, he was like, but, and by the way, I love Daniel Jones. I'm a big fan of him. I'm going to watch him. Like if Kelvin Benjamin rated everything about his experience here, just saying that that says something, but I mean, he, Jones has to play better. He knows it. I think everybody in the organization knows it. Um, And as you were saying, I've always said, I think the thing about Jones, I don't think he's near as bad as the national people think he is. And I don't think he's like near as good as like some of his most ardent supporters is. I think he's like somewhere in the middle kind of thing. And he represents potential, right? Yeah. Like that's, yeah, that's they're, they're, if that's you're being thing, honest, that's all yeah. he is right now. And that's the thing. He shows a lot of the flashes of it where, you know, he, he has great size athleticism. He can place yeah. the ball impressively. He just makes like compounding mistakes a lot, which is always good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So <laughs> if he cuts those back, I mean, you don't need him to be, you know, a star. You, you don't need him to be Pat Mahomes. If he can just, you know, guide this offense and if the, the, the offense couldn't have been worse than it was last year. If they were a little bit better, they make the playoffs, even just like a little bit better. 
If they average yeah. 20 points, they would go but up. Then they, then they <laughs> well, playoff. maybe if Evan Ingram doesn't drop every other yeah, yeah. pass. Yeah, I know. That, there that's, it is. Like, it, there it's, it it's, is. It's like, like, on one hand, like, the offensive line was terrible and, you know, his receivers were unreliable. Everything was the wrong. quarterback still has to take, like, the response. Like, mm-hmm. there hasn't been many quarterbacks who only threw 11 touchdowns in 14 games. No matter how bad your surrounding cast is, there's been bad supporting cast in Giants history, and nobody did that really. So, like, it, he, he deserves criticism. He needs to be better. Has to stop turning it over, making. Dumb he's stuff. led the league in turnovers since he's like. That's not an opinion. Yeah, that's, <laughs> led the he has How, led however, the league. However, however, remember, like he's he lowered his uh, turnover rate by forty percent from yeah, the yeah. year to this he, year. He was better. Forty percent's a, a big number. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, but but he also is less prolific in terms of like his production. Right. So you want you want to like find the balance. Combine that. Uh, combine yeah. those two seasons. So you, so the turnovers are down, but his touchdowns were down. He threw what twenty four yeah. as a rookie. He threw eleven yeah. as a sophomore. I mean, so he didn't have bad. he didn't have any games this year. Like he did, like his debut, his debut against the Bucks. Where's that right. guy? Yeah, yeah, where is so, that guy? Is it a, <laughs> is it a uh, you know is it a health because health because Slayton's not healthy? Is Tate throwing him up? Like how does he go I, from I think, so? I think cold? it's I think it's everything. Honestly, yeah, I think it's everything. You Jason Garrett's play calling. I think Ugh. you know I think that really threw them off last year with when Saquon went down, which it shouldn't have as much as it did, but it was a weird offseason. So I, there's just like so many factors, and again, like they're taking a big risk with the offensive line. I think I think you guys probably agree with that. I mean, they're they're basically banking on all these guys getting better as opposed to adding new guys, which. I guess 100 percent they basically went into the season saying yeah. we're comfortable with what we have which is yes. which is which is a big risk even if you like them it's still a big risk you're rolling yeah. the dice so like so in, on, on paper the biggest risk they're taking are at qb and offensive line because i think I, almost everywhere else you can feel pretty comfortable about the guys mm-hmm. they have maybe you can question maybe pass rush i guess but you trust patrick graham um so you so you look at those two as the biggest risk but it's just like those are the two most important positions so <laughs> you're basically staking your season on those at least one of those two positions playing well. And if the quarterback's playing well and the O-line's not, then the quarterback is going to have a hard time playing well. So oh, well, let's okay. talk about the other captain, Barkley. He's been on the sidelines. He's cutting, he's moving, he's shifting. He's given a lot of fans some hope. Um, what are you seeing out of, out of Saquon? Uh, do you think – I know they're bringing him along slow, slowly, and they, and they should. I mean, it's not even a year. He got hurt in October in whatever it was, game three, I think it was. Um, so do you like what you see? Do you feel he'll be ready at game one, or you think it's more of a game two, game three thing? Like, what, what are you feeling on, on Saquon? Because he, he made a catch today on the sideline with a ball ripped over his head. Dude jumps yeah, I like – Yeah, saw that video, yeah. Yeah, like he jumped out of the sky to, to, to grab the ball. So it feels like he's a lot closer than maybe we know. Yeah, well, I, th- I think it ultimately they are just taking it slow with him, and maybe a lot of it's, I'm sure, them, and I'm sure part of that is still even him, honestly, because there's no reason to rush it back. Um, mm-hmm. for him but yeah I mean he's if you look at him when he's I mean it's, he's running against air and he's not you know nobody's lining up across from him and he's not wearing pads and, and all that stuff but he, he looks really good when he's running and cutting and you know he's been they've been throwing some balls at him he's been catching them um, you know if, if the season was starting in a week or two you know I don't I don't know that I'd be interested to see how that would play out but yeah I think that some people have uh, speculated maybe he's back for practice during the Browns week when they're out in Cleveland maybe um, I, I could see that just based on what we've seen. But, yeah, I think they're going to take it slow. I, I wouldn't be surprised if he's playing week one. I think it's a very good possibility. It depends on how he looks when he does start practicing and when he starts getting hit. Right. Um, maybe he doesn't get a full workload in week one. Maybe he doesn't even get it in week two or three. But um, I, I, I just think they, they want him to be there in week, you know, 12, 13, 14, 15. So, yeah. I, it, and, and it seems like they really do believe in, at least Dave Gettleman really believes in uh, Devontae Booker. Um I don't know if he – I mean, he has never been a full-time back before, so that would be tough to, like, rely on him in that way. But, um, yeah, I, th- I think I think my guess is Barkley's back in week one unless something goes wrong, which is possible, obviously. I think it will be tempting if, if the Giants find themselves in a tough game with the Broncos and they planned on giving him 10 snaps and all of a sudden it's the fourth quarter and you, you can win this game, you're going to put Barkley out there, right? Like, you want to go win the game. So it's going to be tempting, but at least he looks great so far. I'm encouraged. Anything I see of him, he looks pretty strong to me. You just got to get yeah, I mean, hit, he, get I mean, back he's up. Freak. He's still a freak for sure. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, and the thing, I mean, he is a freak. So everybody just assumes he's going to be himself when he gets back. But I mean, around you just look at his guy. I mean, Dalvin Cook's not maybe the physical freak of him, but he, Cook on his first year back from ACL wasn't good. Then, True, he was right. amazing, then he was amazing the year after that. You know, everybody wants the Adrian Peterson thing, right? Right. Which is like an unrealistic goal because most guys that get the ACL don't aren't the same after that. No, there's, there's a Ever, big psych, yeah. there's a big psychological. Yeah, you can't you know, judge the mental component. Yeah, that goes into this, but people don't yeah. realize like 
you know, uh, you know, I, I don't know if I'm fortunate or misfortunate to have had, you know, some surgeries like, you know, you're hesitant, whether it's just walking up the stairs, like, yeah. you know what I mean? After a knee surgery, you're like, you don't, you know, you get a little bit of twinge here. What was that pain? Right. Or you get a little bit of tightness. What's that? So like, now you're talking about a guy carrying towing the rock for 15 carries, you know, to start the season off. I remember when he had the high ankle sprain, he was hundred percent healthy. You could see he was really only going about 75% because he was so worried about getting hurt again. Yeah. I mean, that, that, that's definitely like a major part of it. So it, it's going to be, I mean, that's all anybody he gets asked about pretty much every day. To yeah. Um, and I get it. Like he's the storyline of this, this offense. I mean, he's the, the biggest name and you know, they really missed him last year and he's their best offensive weapon when he's healthy, even with all these other guys. So um I'm very interested to see how they use him, how he looks, what it means for his contract. Like, there's just so much up in the air with him, and it's going to be. And Chubb you know, got paid, so. Yeah, and Chubb got paid in that, a contract that is smaller than maybe you would you would think mm-hmm. like for for a guy like that. And he's been healthy, and Barkley hasn't. So, like, you wonder how the. I mean, the Giants are going to give Barkley a contract, just a matter of what it looks like. But that that was a very interesting contract, I think, when it comes to Barkley. So we'll see how that. Yeah. Happens. Well, talk to me about today. Today was like super cool. Like, like you already kind of alluded to like, cool. you know, the top 10 <laughs> weirdest things that happened. Uh, okay. Sign a linebacker and retires. What happened there? We're, we're, we haven't had it. So the problem is we get judged before practice, which today would have been an ideal one to get him after. Yeah. Especially because he was walking off the field really heated. Um, yeah. I don't know if you guys saw the photos oh, of me, which oh, looked like. We'll get like, there. We'll get there. Yeah, don't yeah. jump the right, shark yeah, yeah. yet. Anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But yeah, so we don't, I don't really know what happened there. A lot, a lot of the reporters were joking that after, cause I had that Be- Kelvin Benjamin thing. And a lot of people, reporters were joking that, are you going to have an exclusive with Todd Davis tomorrow? Where <laughs> no judge cursing too much. Um, uh, but yeah, I don't, it's, it's kind of unclear. I mean, it's possibly he got to training camp and he just didn't have to love for it anymore. I mean, he's a veteran. He's been like a 10 year guy. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I mean, he, he's probably saw you. I mean, I don't know if the path to playing time was necessarily there for him anyway. Like maybe you just saw the writing on the wall or he didn't have the pat. I mean, he's like, I'd have to run have to, a lot of to laps. Fo- yeah. to you have to love football to play for like Joe judge. In the yeah. Day. Yes. You gotta All be right, hungry. So, uh, Tony, Tony comes back and what Tony, what, what do we get out of, out of Tony today? Yeah. Tony, he, he did, he did like uh, individual drills and they like did like a warm up uh, 11 on 11 where he dropped his first target, which <laughs> fortunate, but I mean, whatever he jitters, I guess. Yeah. But yeah. I mean, he, he was just out there for like position drills looks quick. It's hard to really judge him until we see him in like actual team drills. I would say. Right. I didn't think he looked good on the off, on the onside kicks yesterday. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that, oh, yeah, oh Joe, no. Judge, Joe Judge had some good kicks over there though. He got one like. Yeah, past, I was gonna say those are pretty good kicks. The Brill was pretty pissed. He like kicked it past him on one of them, and he and Judge was like. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, and then Tony's been like with the pun returners. I feel like they generally like him back there. So did did Tony uh, take kicks at Florida? Yeah, he was really good. I don't know. I think he took kick. He definitely yeah. took kicks. I can't remember if he took kicks. Yeah, okay. he has. He, he, he had a couple touchdowns. He's uh, a weapon, man. You just throw him, in, throw him in the open space, let him do his thing. That's yeah, what's going to be. I mean, he's another, it's going to be interesting to see how they use him if he's right. ready. For, I mean, it's taken him a while to get acclimated. But Zach, what's your confidence in Jason Garrett? My confidence in Jason Garrett. <laughs> is he going to change at all? Does he, is he, has anybody asked him, like, are you going to change or is he yeah, going to I mean, he. I mean, he, they, they scored 17 points a game last year, and he never seemed to adjust. Um, I mean, I mean, I don't know how much credit Freddie Kitchens deserved, but the one week he called plays, they were, like, taking shots down the field. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know. I mean, if he can't use – if Saquon's back, he can't use that excuse anymore. He can't use the offseason excuse anymore. And he's got yeah. Rudolph that catches everything in the end zone. Yeah. Rudolph is right in his wheelhouse in terms of, like, the kind of tight ends he loves. Um, yeah, I, don't, I mean, I don't have a high amount of confidence in him. I I don't, he doesn't seem like a very innovative offensive coordinator at a time when you kind of want play callers that are innovative. Damn it. Um, but he has the, he has the weapons this year. So I don't know. I mean, I'll, I'll give him the benefit of the doubt. Last year was a very weird year. Um, and he's getting this, this is the first time Dan Jones has had the same offensive coordinator two years in a row. Hmm. So, so we'll see. I mean, I think, you know, the replace uh, Freddie kitchens is a replacement waiting in the wing. I think yeah. Trust yeah. him, so. I'm, I'm know, thinking it's on a those. short leash, right? If the offense yeah. looks stale after three or four weeks, what is the point? Like yep. everyone's playing, everyone's playing for their jobs. So why are you going to keep Jason Garrett? Yeah, I think you satisfied like the, yeah. ownership. At the this the point. offense was the reason they didn't make the playoffs last year. So mm-hmm. right on. Yeah. yeah. If you know, they don't Jeff, come out, if they don't come out looking better, 
if Daniel Jones doesn't look like he makes improvements, their po- fingers got to be pointed somewhere. And, you know, if, if they're a disaster, then you wonder if he makes it this season. I don't think they'll be a disaster uh, unless everything just goes completely wrong. But um, it, I'd it, have it, to, I'd have to rest though on the fact that, and Jeff, to, to your point is like, yeah, if, if they're that bad to even wait to the end of the season, but I mean, they drafted Tony for a reason. Like, like there's look, he's not Shepard. He's not Galladay. He's not Slayton. Like he's his own man. They're going to have to create packages for him or it's a wasted draft pick. And they moved back to, you know, maneuver and get more picks. Like Garrett's got no choice, but to be creative because otherwise mm-hmm. Tony's sitting on the bench. Cause he's not going to just replace Shepard or Slayton. Like they have to cr- actually create a package for Tony. So you'd have to think that he's got no choice, but to be creative. That's just me. And this is what led to my question to Zach. Like how confident are you and Jason Garrett? Cause if they only use Tony on a couple screens or stuff like that, then it's going to be so predictable when he's out there that how good is Jason Garrett to use Tony as a distraction and then hit him once you forget about him and like be really creative like that. It's just Jason Garrett seems like the only non Joe judge guy on this staff. And that's like, he doesn't fit the mold of the rest of the mm-hmm. staff and the team. So I feel like he's probably on a short leash. I know the fan base. It's really hard to find people that uh, <laughs> love Jason Garrett. I mean, I, I we're support. giving him a chance that's here. One, we give him a yeah. chance. That's, Mr. that's, that's, one, of the, that's one of the few things that the Giants fan base like agrees on. It's, it's like the only yes. thing. It's Garrett, the only yes. thing. But yeah. I, I said he had so much against him. If you think about the roster yeah, yeah. that he took on, no offseason to implement an entire offense to rookie offensive lineman, yeah. Daniel Jones, who has no idea who he is. <laughs> you know, like all these things going on. It was unfair to expect the Giants to put up 30 points a game. Yeah. But they were close to last in the league. So you didn't what do else, better than many people. What else was whack, wacky today? We'll lead up to the, the, the scrum. We'll lead up to the fight. What other wacky things happened today? Oh, well, Kenny Galladay yeah. uh, during seven on sevens. Like at, at first, it just looked like he had a drop. Um, like he drones threw it to him. And uh, some people said it was a fumble. Some said it was a drop. Anyway, as soon as he like hit his hands, he immediately like grabbed for his hamstring. Um, which is never Jordan, inside. Yeah, Jordan had a video of that up. Yeah, and our, our photographer got a really good photo of him like grabbing his hamstring. And he kind of like hobbled off. Trainer looked at his hamstring and then he left. And so none of that is a good sign. I mean, and he has had hamstring issues in his career. I think yeah. he missed two games last year. And I think his rookie year, he missed time five, with that. So, five. I mean, it's concerning. It's just like hamstring are so hard. It's hard to judge until we hear anything because those things could linger. It could be a one week thing. It could be he's gone for a while. Like it's just. You just don't know. And Odell they, Beckham had a hamstring and yep. came back and tore it up. So yeah, that's you know. true. You yes. never know when you can trust it again. I mean, it's like not nearly as bad as ACL or MCL. I was going to complain if they're not if they know he's got hamstring issues. Are they stretching this cat out? Like, I mean, like, I mean, seriously, at the end of the day, like, give him an IV every day. I mean, <laughs> something like like they he needs his own masseuse. Stretch him out. Like <laughs> him on the bench. We're right back to where we were last year. Well, the thing, the thing I worry about with him is he needs timing down with Jones. So every rep that he's missing, man, that, that's crucial time that he's missing because he's not going to blow route. Like he's not, he's not a great route runner where he's going to blow the other guy off off the ball and be wide open. He needs that timing. All about and that's timing. what I'm worried about with him. And they didn't, and they didn't really, they weren't really in sync to start camp either. Right. So. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean it's. Uh, of course. It's, I mean, the, we would have probably been having a different Galladay discussion if not for the injury thing, because, you know, he, it's been interesting watching him because I, I think, you know, and I tried writing something like this because, you know, he didn't look uh, great through the first like four or five practices or whatever. But I, I, I like I said, I think it was too early to panic because I think the kind of player he is, I don't know if he's going to have a breakout training camp kind of thing. Right. He's like, you know, 50-50 balls, contested yeah. catches, and they haven't really been throwing it down the field. And he's not going to, you know, be Odell and run by everybody. That's just not his game. And so. you're playing on a short field. Yeah, but then he Bradbury's not a good good uh, matchup for him either. Like two yeah. tall well, then, guys. Yeah, then he's going against Bradbury. I mean, in theory, you you're paying him to beat a guy like Bradbury. Right, but, right, true. Um, <laughs> I mean, but it's practice, and it was the first week. Blah blah blah. But him getting being hurt is definitely an issue. So it's gonna be. It's a valuable it's just, two weeks. You gotta hope. You gotta hope that. I mean, Judge probably won't say anything tomorrow. Probably say they're still evaluating it. Mm-hmm. So you hope in a couple of days something comes out that it's not as bad as they thought or whatever. Well, just, just to remind, just remind everybody, you're listening to another episode of the Giants, guys. We're leading up to what happened today at camp. We got some weird stuff where guys retired before they started, and we got, you know, uh, onside kick issues. We got, you know, a Galladay, Kenny G, get rid of hamstring. But everybody wants to talk about, because, and, and me and Spiro talked about it today, like the fake outrage is making me, making me bonkers. So 
So I guess I'll, I'll put it out to you as like, I mean, as fans uh, covering as much as we can, the progression is a, you know, is it, uh, you know, what did you see? I mean, is it as clear as McKinney blowing up Clement and uh, Ingram sticking up for him and Logan sticking up for him? Like, like, how does it go down? What did you see? And then tell me about this whole judge thing, because if everybody likes running laps, not likes, but if everybody is like down with the lap thing, I'm assuming the team realizes they effed up and they taken their medicine because the national people that I'm reading on Twitter and all over the place, the fake outrage is making me absolutely insane. Like I find myself wanting to throw my phone out the window because like it's football. I mean, it's just, it's football at the end of the day. So can you walk us through a little bit of what you saw and what, what you're, what you're thinking and what you, you know, what you, what's everybody feeling in the building? Yeah. I mean, I, it was, I mean, you, you've everybody seen like training camp, fights and stuff i think this this one i've never seen one like this but <laughs> you know, it's funny it was like at the very end of practice so i mean i guess it wasn't even that hot of a day usually it comes at, a, at the end of a very hot day when everybody's like tensions are flaring there hasn't been any signs of tensions flaring you know this was the first day of hitting first day of pads which is a part of it full pads, yeah so right? but so yeah so daniel jones connects with Corey clement on his pass and then Xavier McKinney just lights him up like the kind of the kind of tackle you don't do at any point in training camp, especially even during hitting. I mean, it's your teammate. Um, and so that in that sense, it was a bad hit. I'm sure he probably would have gotten in trouble for it in some way. I don't know, uh, maybe a lap or something. Um, Corey Clement got up just fine. But so Evan Ingram kind of just like shoved uh, shoved McKinney uh, like, you know, and just a, a normal like on the foot. I didn't I didn't I didn't think there was any issue with like the shove yet. Maybe you shouldn't have done it. McKinney it fall like, down. He, I, he might have fought. It's, it's like it all kind of clumps together now. It's like so crazy in the moment because it was like escalation after escalation. Um, like he might have fallen. I don't th- I didn't think he shoved him that hard. He shoved him from the side, just like, what are you doing? And then Logan Ryan just comes out of nowhere and decks Evan Ingram from behind, which I thought like, was like punches him or like spears no, him. Like, like, you know, uh, checks him. A hard like, check. Checks him. Yeah, like a check that made him go flying and like a hockey check. Like I, I thought that was the worst thing that happened out of this. And that's what kind of yeah. led to the. I, I think, you know, I think Logan Ryan, you know, he's a leader in this team. I, I just, that, that was just bad business by him, I think. Um, and, and it led to everybody kind of converging on it. Um, and it, and it's, it's just like all happening at once. We're all like, holy crap. Like I saw, I saw all of it. Usually like I'll miss stuff and then you catch it like in the aftermath or something, but like right. all, all the hits and the escalations. And then all of a sudden you look over and Daniel, I didn't even see him run over and Daniel Jones is under the pile. You see the red Jersey. And you know it's him because the other two quarterbacks are like a mile away. Yeah, um, that's what the scary what, part what was. That, 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 that was the craziest part to me. I've never seen a, a, a training camp fight where the QB is at the bottom. Ugh. I've never seen that and, in my career. But what um, is exactly what is what was he trying to like? How does probably he get running over off? to try and try and break break it up or something? I don't, I, don't think he knew or something. His, I don't think he knew what his intentions were. And then you know, I I thought it was Nick Gates, but it. Uh, I guess it, it turns out it was like Ken, uh, Kenny Wiggins and Danny Shelton pulled him out of the pile. Oh, I heard it was Nick Gates. And... I thought it was. It, it, that's the thing. It was like in the moment, and we weren't allowed to shoot video and stuff like that. But I think Pat Leonard reported that it was uh, Wiggins and Shelton. God, I'd love to see that video. <laughs> I know. Yeah, yeah. So, I can't so props, find it. props to those guys because, I mean, the worst case scenario is because of the, the stupidity of what these actions of these guys. Jeez. The quarterback gets hurt. Imagine. I, part, I mean, I'm sure Daniel being down there was part of why Judge is so bad. Yeah. Um, and, and then, yeah, so then it all gets broken up. And then Judge is pretty much yelling from that moment for the next 30 minutes. <laughs> in a way. I've never heard a man yell. I've heard more F bombs than if um, <laughs> and it's probably, he might have set a record if like Guinness Book was there <laughs> for like a 30 minute stretch. It was, it was wild. Um, but yeah, but so, so that, I mean, just to go play by play, I guess. So, so then he lines that he t- yells at them all to line up. I mean, a lot of guys that are pretty fired up at that point. I think Jabril, you could see, was pretty angry. Um, and, and they have to do the, those gassers where they run the entire field. Mm. Uh, they, so they do that, and then they do 30 push-ups, and they run gassers again, and then do 30 more push-ups, and I think they ran another gasser. And then Judge, like, called them all over to huddle, and coaches were about to come over, and he, like, yelled at them, like, no, stay over there. Like, I like that. I like that. And so he's just yelling at them, you know, just about how embarrassing it is and all that stuff, and – you know, that can't happen around here. And legitimately for five to 10 minutes, he's yelling and cursing at them. And then practice is over. And then, you know, we get a few of the guys after Logan Ryan, Daniel Jones, Corey Clement. Um, no Ingram. What's that? No, no Ingram. 
We're hoping Blake Martinez tomorrow. talked a little bit about yeah, no, it. No, no, McKinney, Engram and McKinney are the are the two guys we haven't talked to that are the most involved yet. Um, and but I, I, I thought, I think Logan, you know, maybe when he goes back and watches the film, what happens, he'll regret what he did. He he was adamant that he did not regret what he did, and he's talking about how he's defending his teammate, which or Engram is also your teammate. So. Yeah. <laughs> um, like I mean, I get his point. Like you know, in that in that situation, you got to have your guys back, but defense run up behind your teammate and deck them like that. I just think that for for a leader to do that, that, that was I mean, that would have been a penalty in a real game. He probably would have been ejected. Like, and I think he's smart. He, Logan's very smart. I think he knows all of that. He was trying to make a point. And, and he thought that Ingram. maybe there was some jawing going on that, that why, why Ingram got lit up because maybe he was talking I'm, some smack. I, I mean, it's hard for where we are. It's hard to say. I, I don't know if that's the case. I think McKinney's a hard hitter in general and probably his instincts just kind of took over and he hit him right. and he decked uh, Clement or whatever. Um, Clement had great things to say about it too. Yeah, he was, was like, it's football. Like, I feel like Clement was the least like fired up about it. He was yeah. like, yeah, it's fine. That's football or whatever. Yeah. Um, Clement's, a, Clement's a great personality. I, I think he can make the team actually. But, he, uh, I was going to say, does he make the team? I think as of now, I think he'd be the third running back. Uh, especially as he's good on special teams too. Right. Um, he's great in the Super Bowl, man. Yeah. 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 He, and he's had a weird career since then. But yeah. yeah so, and so, you know, Clement, he, he had no issues with what happened. But yeah, I mean, it was just, just like the escalation of it was just like crazy. And especially because I don't, I don't even remember. I mean, last year was a weird training camp wise. I don't remember them. There being really any fights. Right. At all. I think there, I think Duggan tweeted out a, a quote of like what judge said last year about how he won't have that at his practice. And he made it clear that he won't. And I imagine it should be the last one. <laughs> I imagine I'm, I am curious to see if there's punishment for anybody involved. I don't know what that would be. Maybe it's an internal thing. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was that was one of the crazier, crazier things. I mean, and your point about people criticizing the judge, I thought he handled it like I mean, maybe he cursed a lot, but I thought he handled it the way he should have. Like he he was he got on them, he punished them to an extreme degree. I had no issues with the way Judge handled it. But like I said, I think my biggest issue is with the, uh, you know, Logan Ryan's involvement in it and, and the hit itself. And you know, maybe Engram maybe shouldn't have shoved him. I guess, but I, I mean that guys are shoving each other in the in the piles and after a tackle all the time. Like you see shoves. You see it on the field during games. But, yeah, McKinney probably probably shouldn't have lit him up. Yeah, but but, but, but I guess so it's I, a, think, I think Engram Engram and Logan you get mad at if you're Judge Judge more because those are the guys right. who are leaders on the team. Right. Know? So and McKinney was making well, a football play. Maybe, he just there's, there's, a if those are rookies going at each other, then maybe you excuse right. it a little more. But if it's Logan and Evan Engram, you gotta you gotta sit them down and be like, all right, we can't. Have this is why we have Zach on here today, man. This is awesome. This is this, again. This info is fantastic. Perfect right, well, look, timing. I know you don't want to hang out with us all day. Last question is, uh, if I had to, if I had to ask you, what's your expectations of this year? Like, you know, you're you're seeing the progress of each each you know, uh, you know, re, you know, group. You're, you're, you know, you're seeing like the camaraderie, the, the locker room. I mean, you heard Logan Ryan today saying he named six guys. He said they gave us the funds to create this team. And they, I'm, and I'm paraphrasing here, but he said, uh, you know, they gave us the funds to make this team and he named six guys. And he said, the, and I, and uh, it was, uh, it was Jabril. It was uh, Bla- uh, Bradbury Martinez, uh, uh, who, uh, Jones, uh, Saquon, I think. I don't remember if he said Leo or not, but um, he said, you know, we're the leaders on the team. What's your expectations? Like, do you have a something in mind that you think they can they can they win eight games? Can they win ten games? Any any expectations? You know, I, we're not going to hold you to it, but like, do you have something? <laughs> yeah, I, I think I'm. I mean, I maybe it's a cop out, like a predicting a team goes close to five hundred. I think I had them at nine and eight when I did my predictions when the schedule came out. Um, I, I, I think their the expectations should be that they're competing for the division at the end of the year. I don't know how many wins that is in the, okay. in, in the NFC in the NFC East. If you're out of the, the way this division always plays out, if you're out of the race at the end, then you had a really bad year. So, um, I think they, they can very much win this division. I think it's very winnable. All, every team has a major flaw of some sort or a big question mark. True. Um, you know, I mean, Washington has a good defense, but you question those quarterbacks that they brought in and, and stuff like that. And their culture is kind of weird right now with all the vaccine stuff. Um, I mean, the Cowboys, their defense is probably still bad. You don't know how Dak looks coming off the injury. And the Eagles are, I think, probably a mess. But, I mean, they're good on on their line. So, um, yeah, so I I, I think – I mean, the Giants certainly have their flaws too. But I I think their ceiling is pretty high. I think they can surprise the people. If if Jones is good, they can be really good. If Jones is 
average, they can make the playoffs. If he's bad, then they're in trouble. So it'll really yeah. just come down to Daniel. That's fair. Take. I like it. I mean, uh, right. I, I, you know, I appreciate you hanging out with us. Um, if we can, if, if you have some time, we'll bring you back during the season. I know you're probably jamming during the season, but if, if, if you don't mind, we'd love to have you yeah. back. We'll produce this up. We'll kick it out. You know, it's on Spotify. It's on Anchor. It's on Google. It's on Apple. Uh, it'll be on YouTube, all that good stuff. So thanks for listening, everybody, to another episode of the Giants, guys. Um, we got a lot more interviews coming up, come, you know, next couple of weeks. Uh, Clem from Barstool, totally, like, hanging out with us. <laughs> Yeah, so we got some great stuff. Zach, thanks for hanging out with us. Thanks, Zach. And uh, we'll see you guys soon. Thanks, thanks for having me, guys. This is fun.